Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I am the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. All right. So um, you've got a meeting. I got a meeting. I got a meeting. So we're going to we're gonna do this. Yep. And we're going to... Um, was your phone ringing? Yep. Was that, is that? Is that Mark? No, it was my dad. Oh, okay. Did you... Did you decline your dad's call it's our time Ooh, makes me feel special yeah makes me feel important yeah, yeah you, you got 20 okay so listen <laughs> um before we get started how did you and i have not had a chance to talk yet you were preaching mm-hmm. on sunday i wasn't there this sunday mm-hmm. how i'm gonna listen to it mm-hmm. how did it go how how was preaching the word what was your passage how'd it go uh well um people have left the church we always expect that but but what's the percentage uh 95 95 people? Percent. No, that's not good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nothing. Went well. I was in Acts 5, 17 to 32. Nice. Standing before the uh, the Sanhedrin, mm-hmm. the Sadducees. Do you, know, do you know why they're called the Sadducees? I shared this, actually. Okay. Are you ready? Because it, you're always sad to see them? Close. <laughs> Close. Because I was like, all right, you know, talk about the Sadducees. Let's just stop here. You know. Who knows the difference between the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the Essenes, whatever scenes, right? Like, you know, I want our people to, you know, right. as we're reading, yeah. we want to be explaining things. Yeah. Like, oh, educate. Yeah. So, you know, later on in Acts, uh, uh, Paul uses the distinction against them because the Sadducees uh, don't believe in the resurrection right. or angels. See, that's why they're sad, you see. You like <laughs> see, that? Yeah. I, I, I knew you'd do something like that. They sad. They, they sad, you see. So it went well. Good. Yeah. Nice. I was faithful. You know, the text was the text. And uh, well, I'll let you know if you were faithful or not. Oh, well, thanks. I yeah. appreciate that. Let I'll, me know. I'll have a report card for you. Ah, there uh-huh. you go. Yeah, I, like uh, I, I was able to work in a office reference. Of course you were. Oh, in fact, you told me. No. Yeah. Did we talk about it? Uh, no, but you already knew I was going to use it. Okay. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So that one's already there. And then, uh, oh, here's you make a cameo. Of course I do. What do you mean? Of course you do. Because you have to say like, like hey, guys. Uh, I know it's not going to be as good as what Joe does, and like you, you know, know, I'm so sorry. <laughs> that is, I, there's nowhere. No, I don't say that. I don't no, say that. It's not true. Go ahead. Well, it might be true, but I don't it's say definitely that. Definitely not true. Because uh, I learned in Toastmasters, you never apologize. That's right. You never apologize. Never. But uh, uh, for anything. So talk about <laughs> talk about fear and things like that. So yeah, that's right. Next five, right? Talked about fear, man. Fear the Lord in the sermon. Yeah, exactly. And. Uh, so the only thing I could think of was talking about my biggest fear. And that's usually when uh, we're recording late and I go to the bathroom because we're done and I come out and all the lights are off and I know you're there hiding with your camera. First of all, why is a, you're turning 40 next month. Why is a 40 year old man afraid of the dark? I and don't, I what don't is your know. problem? I, and I, why is a 50 year old man hiding in the dark <laughs> trying to scare a 40 year old man? What's wrong I with us? I don't know what trauma there. I, I know some of my trauma, okay. but apparently there's some... I get startled. I don't yeah. like being startled. Nope. I startled I like- you today when you came in. You jumped. That's good. I didn't even say anything. I just looked at you. <laughs> You're so mean. <laughs> Jimmy's jumpy. I am. I am. So, uh, yeah. yeah, talked about that. So, you made, you made yourself, uh, there was a cameo for you. Good, good. First service, nobody laughed? Um, no one laughed? What do you mean? No, actually, I got a couple of chuckles. Uh, second service? Better. Yeah. <laughs> Better. So they're always they always seem to be a bit more engaged. Yeah. Or, or expressive. Expressive. Well, but it's also different. Like I, I there was different 
expressions throughout. Mm. I always find like, depending on, well, it always depends on who's there, but because of the makeup of the first service, mm. there's certain different points resonate yeah. more. Mm. And I'm like, that, that, okay, I'm going to expand about on that a little bit, you know, more in the midst right, of it, right? right? Like you're reading the room, you're yeah. kind of going a bit more. And then I'm like, okay, I'll make sure to hit that in the second service. Nothing. I'm like, huh. Well, let's just move on down now, you know? Yeah, I get accused of preaching two separate sermons uh, because, you know, I make adjustments. And uh, yeah. people that have heard, well, you're preaching like two. Like, no, look at, look at my notes. I'm preaching the same outline. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I say some different stuff, but it's the same thing. Yeah. All right. We got two emails we want to cover. One is, uh, and we're t- entitling it Called to Ministry. And um, we're leaving off names in general these days because uh, some people want to remain anonymous. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Subject Unsure if Called to Ministry. Message. Hey guys, you don't have to say message and then you can just read these messages. Message. People are going to know message. All right. Hey guys, love the podcast. Thankful for the work you do. You're welcome. I have a question regarding discerning one's calling into ministry when it seems that the doors for ministry are not opening for several years. I've had a strong desire to go into ministry and I've even studied at seminary for a couple of years, but the doors don't seem to be opening and I've had friends and pastors say they don't see the calling in my life. However, the desire is still there, and I have a hard time imagining being happy doing anything else. What would you advise someone to do in this situation? All right. Ooh, that's a hard one. Yeah. Well, um, first of all, you have you have a desire and a longing to do ministry. And um, when somebody has that kind of an aspiration, um, I encourage them to explore that and to go as deep as they can. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. kind of ministry? Is it pastoral ministry? If it is pastoral ministry, do you see yourself as a, as a preaching pastor, somebody that will be doing a lot of exposition, or do you see yourself more as like a, a shepherding counselor? You're going to be doing both, but I mean, just yeah. in general. Yeah. Some, sometimes you're going to specialize in certain mm-hmm. areas or maybe have a focus, I guess, yeah. in an area. Yeah. yeah. And maybe, maybe you're calling to ministry. Uh, once you really flesh it out, looks like more of a diaconate ministry. Mm. You know, it could be that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you could be called of God to do something in ministry, and it may not necessarily be the thing that you're defaulting to. So I would encourage that to start with. Um, but there are three things that when you read like Spurgeon and you read Richard Baxter and you read the classics on on calling to the ministry, uh, there are usually three things that are involved. One is aspiration. You've got that. There's a desire to do it. These mm-hmm. don't always happen in this order. Sometimes yep, but, the desire comes later. Yep. But okay. But we, but we now know. Check. Check. He's got that. He's got that. All right. Second one is uh, local church says you're called to do that thing. I don't think you have... He does not have that. You don't have that one. Okay. And then the third is you bear fruit in that work of ministry when you do it. So... And and that part we don't know. We don't know. We don't know yet. Uh, And one of the things here, though, for going back to number two, but the doors don't seem to be opening, and I've had friends and pastors say they don't see the calling of my life. I mean, I don't know how to read that. Uh, I'm reading it as multiple Mm. locations have maybe said this is not what God, you know, this might not be for you or is in the same location, multiple, right. Multiple passes at the same location, in which case I would be challenging you and saying, why do you not heed their advice? Yeah. You know, there's wisdom in the counsel of a multitude of friends. Yep. Um, so this does not mean that you are not called to ministry, but it, no, for me yep, yep. would be a major issue. Um, if, if my current church said, Hey man, right now you do not need to be in ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I I wouldn't just take that under advisement. I would respond to that and go, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that'd be big. If, you know, if when I was going uh, into um, 
ministry when I was pursuing it. You know, I went to, uh, in fact, I was told by people that, you know, I couldn't go into ministry because my past was too immoral. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it wasn't until pastor said, no, actually we see, first of all, that's dumb. Uh, second of all, let's look at the Bible, uh, read how God, you know, brings people out of immorality into uh, the church and the life of faith and calls them into ministry. But um, it was when they said, we think you should pursue it. And they didn't say, you're called to be a pastor, but early on they're like, go go get go get trained and educated at like mm. a Bible college or something like that. And so that, that was my first step. Um, but initially when I was told no, I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, I'm listening to people and it's not always right because those people were wrong. Mm. It's possible that you're in a church that isn't healthy. I don't know your church. It's yep. possible yep. that Could you be. have, a, you're, you're, all of this advice is coming from one circle of people who are elitist. Maybe you're reformed and they're not. Uh, maybe your mm. philosophy of ministry is so different from theirs, they just don't agree with it. Or maybe they know you and they don't think that you're called yeah. to it and they're right. And yeah. that's what, I mean, you have to wrestle with that. I can tell you this, uh, in terms of church planting, pastors, all the assessments that we've done uh, it, for our church and outside of it, if you don't have the backing of a local church, it's not going to happen. Not We're not going to participate in that. No, no. I mean, even for myself, like, like you're talking right there, Joe, like, you know, I've always kind of had this uh, desire for like church planting in Europe. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm leaning that way at some point, right? right. Don't believe now is that time. Right. But if that time ever came and I went to the elders and said, hey, here's what I'm, I'm sensing. And you guys are like, yeah, I don't think church planting is for you. You might be better suited to join into something else. Right. But church planting is not for you. I'd be like, oh, well, I'm not going to do that thing then. Yeah. Might want to start by learning Italian. Maybe, maybe you learn Italian before you try to plant a church. <laughs> Who says it's going to be there? Oh, look, it's I, not, I, oh, I, oh, is it not going to be Italy? It will. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what? Know. Guess what? Doctrine and Devotion uh, 2030, <laughs> Italy. <laughs> well, I don't, don't put a time on it. I don't I'm know. Just throwing out a, I'm just throwing out a date that isn't too close to make me feel nervous. <laughs> put it out there far enough. I was about to say, you made that yeah, too pretty, close yeah, for my comfort. Oh, no, is it too? Okay, sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, man, I, look, sometimes doors don't open. And what that means is you're not ready. Mm. It doesn't mean you're not called. Mm -hmm. It may, may mean you're not ready. Mm. Uh, but boy, the local church telling you that you're not called, slow it down. And in terms of like, I can't be happy doing anything else. There's something that a lot of us have said in the past, uh, and I think it, it's it, it's it's fine to say. I think it's good to say. If you can be happy and satisfied doing something vocationally outside of ministry, mm -hmm. then you should do that and probably not do ministry. Uh, because ministry is a, is, is a calling to itself, and if, if, if you can be satisfied elsewhere, then, well, maybe, more than likely, you should be doing that. Mm. Um, ministry is hard. It's a different kind of hard. And so um, we like to know that people are like, they have like, oh, this is what I have to do. God's called me to do this. I feel like I'm disobeying God if I don't do it. We do look for that. But aspiration alone, desire alone is not it. And we've mm. all met lots of people who believe that they should be something yeah. that they will never be. And it's just because it's not that they're bad. It's not that they're weak. It's not that it's that that's not what God has set them apart to do. So I think our, our, our counsel to you is, uh, is to, uh, spend a lot of time with, uh, with people that you trust, um, examine yourself and try to distill is your calling to ministry a vocational calling or is it something that you would like to see yourself? Is it something that you could do, uh, you know, in a, in a lay capacity? Um, but 
yeah, for me, like all of the signs that you have shared in this email would indicate to me like, well, it doesn't sound like you're called to ministry, at least not yet. Mm. Yeah. Right? Fair enough. Fair. All right. All right. We got another one called marriage. We're going to call it marriage trouble. Um, this guy writes in, he says, my wife, my wife have been, uh, it must be me and my wife. Yeah. My wife and I've been married over 10 years. Congrats. And throughout that time, I have built a wall between us by constantly prioritizing my job over our relationship. Mm, Being, stop that. Yeah. But, by the way, super common. Being inconsiderate and selfish in prioritizing my own desires over hers and hiding my insecurities behind my anger. I have had such little success breaking these habits that I have doubted my salvation. My wife still expresses a desire to reconcile. Can you all lay out the big picture path that we are going to have to take? You're a struggling brother. So, okay. So first of all, your marriage is in trouble. You're having trouble. Mm -hmm. Every marriage experiences turbulence and trouble. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's because of circumstances beyond our control. Sometimes it's because of our own sin and our choices. And in this case, um, it looks like you've made some mistakes and you've sinned in certain ways that have created uh, a marriage uh, environment that isn't healthy or vibrant or mm -hmm. fun mm -hmm. or as joyful. Not that those things are entirely absent, but you know, you've put yourself before your wife and that's clearly what scripture calls us not to do. Yeah. I mean, I, and I would, I'm encouraged that mm -hmm. you see that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm encouraged that you see that you're confessing that now, you know, you need to repent of that and, and change that. Right. So, I mean, obviously big picture is you're going to have to walk a path of repentance and rebuilding. Yeah. Right. Repentance and rebuilding. It, it, listen, you can do this. Yes. You guys can yes. do this. It takes, you both have to want it. Um, you both have to work at it. You know, she's going to have to learn to trust you. You're going to have to learn, earn her trust. Um, you're you're going to have to make different, you're going to have to make sacrifices, right? That's that's the exhortation that Paul gives to husbands. Mm. Sacrifice yourself for your wife. Yep. That's your yep. role. That's your job. Put her first. So you're going to have to learn that. So I think when you're looking at this, I would say, number one, confess. That's going to be really big. Confess your sin to her. It sounds like you're doing that. She's interest, interested in reconciling. So I don't, I'm, it doesn't sound like you're separated, but it sounds like it's significant of enough a problem mm. that there is no longer unity in the marriage. Yeah. So she wants to reconcile. Man, praise God for that. Yeah. She's she overwhelmed with joy. She loves you, dude. She loves you. So now that you know, your job is to become the man worth loving. Mm. Like your job is to be the husband that she needs and, and deserves, really. And of course, I'm sure she has things to work on as well, but we're focusing on you, right? You're focusing on you and that's key. Mm. So I would say, um, you know, you guys have to talk it out, talk about what's lacking, what's not working, what needs to change. I would suggest based on the things that you mentioned, anger, insecurity, um, you know, workaholism or just prioritizing work over family. Um, all of that needs to be really worked out. You probably need counsel. Or you, you definitely need counsel. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's really important here to, to, it, it's easy for guys, especially, to be mm -hmm. prideful. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I'll just to, fix. I'll fix. I'll fix this. Yeah. Or I don't want to be transparent. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be. You know, put myself out there. What are they going to say that I don't already know? Right. Yeah. You know. Do uh, better. Thanks. <laughs> but like, it, it's it's really it, it it's a great process to go through, right? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I mean, it's a you know, all marriages at some point need a tune-up, if you want to call it that way. Right. No, sometimes, sometimes they sometimes need an engine rebuild. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, but this is a good opportunity to uh, to talk to a counselor, to work through those things together, to to have uh, it, someone to guide you 
along the steps because yeah. it's really easy to just sit back and say, oh, everything's fixed now and not actually deal with some of the past issues and not and not deal with uh, or not even maybe not even deal, not learn new ways of coping or new mm. ways of of conversations moving forward. Right. Yeah. What, what your wife doesn't need are heartfelt, earnest promises that you are going to change. What she needs is the ongoing practice of change. Yes. She needs to see that. And so I agree, counsel, whether, and you may need some professional counseling personally as well. Mm. You guys might need, and I, I would I would recommend marriage counseling. Yeah. Get some marriage counseling yep. together. Talk to somebody who can really help you guys. And listen, marriage counseling doesn't have to last for three years. No. Marriage counseling might last a couple months. I don't yep. know. Um, depends on what's going on in your marriage, but marriage counseling, have people to talk to. Uh, make sure your wife has somebody that she can talk to who is an encourager, um, who can help her to focus on her while you are focusing on you. Mm. Counsel is going to be a big thing, but in general, yeah, uh, repentance, clarity, communication, uh, counsel, and honestly, like for me, the fact that you said she wants to reconcile, that is big. Yeah. Because sometimes marriages get to the point where there's just, I just watched a movie. Um, crazy stupid love with uh, ah yeah yeah I yeah, just watched Steve it a couple Crow. months ago yeah yeah and uh, you know wife says uh, to him out of the blue I want a divorce mm -hmm. and then you can see them work through like what happened and you know he just stopped being the man that she married mm -hmm. in a lot of ways um, you know he wasn't pursuing her or loving her or whatever I mean we don't need to get it's a movie yeah yeah but the point being is that like she had but 25 years, I think they said they were married, uh, of opportunities to say, hey, this is a problem we need to address it. So that's on her too. Mm, um, mm -hmm. And he begins to see what he's working on. You, 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 but she just said, I'm done, I'm out. Yeah. She's not doing, your wife's not doing that. And not that that would be a biblical response on her part anyways at this point, but she's not doing that. So rejoice, your wife mm. loves you. She is with you. So now honor her by doing whatever it takes to save your family. That may mean job change, location change. It's definitely gonna mean life change, yeah. whatever it takes, man. And honor her, if you do that, you'll be honoring God. And Jimmy and I are really confident because we've seen this happen. We've seen marriages absolutely healed and restored and be better than ever after hitting the skids and the worst parts of their lives. Even in my own life. Yeah, you've <laughs> talked about that yeah. here. You've been very open about that. Yep. Yeah. And thankfully, you got out those those garbage years early. Yeah. Yeah. Got now, about now year, it's like got about by year three. Yeah. Now salad days. Now. <laughs> well, steak days. I can do uh, steak oh, days. Okay. It's <laughs> well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website DoctrineDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit the store JoeFoStore.com and grab some gear. We got the first part every Monday and Thursday. We got blog posts and video content over the website. And we've got that all-access exclusive content. We dropped a good one uh, mm -hmm. this week on Reformed Baptist liturgy and history and stuff. That's right. You That's got good. your banter truth on Tuesdays, weekday wisdom Monday through Friday. Head on over to doctrineanddevotion.com slash all-access to sign up today. Later. Mm -hmm.